0: Psalm 103, I'm going to read the first four verses, the Psalm of David. Bless Jehovah, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless Jehovah, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. I'm going to be looking this evening at the second verse, primarily, Bless Jehovah, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. I believe that there's a sense in which David is here, priming the pump, if I can put it that way, when he cries, Bless Jehovah, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name and again bless Jehovah O my soul and forget not all his benefits who healeth all thy diseases who forgiveth all thine iniquities the psalmist is calling upon himself calling upon himself to bless God all his soul all that is within him Calling himself and us with him. David was a prophet. And he's calling upon his people and even more, especially I would say, upon himself. To bless God. All that he can find within him to do so. And to forget not all that God has done for him. And all that Jesus Christ has done for his people. To forget not. In other words, to remember. It's a call to remembrance by the man after God's own heart. And he cries unto himself, all that is within me. God's all cannot be praised with less than our all. I believe David is teaching us here. Can we even think to bless Jehovah Especially all that is within us. Can we even think to do that? If we're forgetful of what Christ has done for us. Of what God has done for us through Jesus Christ. We need to make use of our memory. Memories are tricky things, are they not? For sinful people. Memories are very apt to retain injuries, are they not? Very unapt for retaining benefits. I believe that, at least I will readily admit, sadly, that I remember things that have been injuries that have been leveled toward me more than I do good things that have been done for me. I'm talking about human relationships. But how sad it is, how much more sad it is that we forget so often. It's so easy for us to forget, it seems, the things, especially in application and in our lives, what God has done for us. How quickly we find ourselves busy with the world and forgetting who we are in Christ, forgetting what we are through God's mercy and forgetting the amazing Salvation that he has designed for us. That Christ has made satisfaction that we might have. And that God the Holy Spirit has wonderfully and wondrously applied. We must make use of our memories. And I would suggest that we need to cast out those things that are not good for us to remember. To make more room. We only have so much space in our memories, do we not? And we have small brains. We must make room and try to cram in the good things that God has done for us, casting out the many things that are injurious to us and others often. Bless Jehovah, oh my soul, he cries, and forget not all his benefits. And to abbreviate that a little, who forgiveth, who healeth, who redeemeth, who crowneth, who satisfieth. Again, I believe that he's priming the pump here. One has said that he stirs up his own dull spirit to the work of praise. There's nothing wrong with that. There's something wrong with not trying to stir up your spirit to praise God. And another has suggested that he's exciting himself to the work. Oh, that we would do that more often, excite ourselves to the work. Are we excited when we wake up Sunday morning that we're going to have another opportunity to gather with the people of God and to worship Him together in corporate worship? Are we excited? Or do we just drag ourselves out of our beds? Do we just roll out? Oh, well, I can still remember when I used to sleep in on these days. But now I'm a Christian. We need to be excited. We need to get excited. We need to excite ourselves, as this writer says, to the work of worshiping our Father in heaven and be grateful that when we worship God the living God the Almighty God we are indeed worshiping our Father in heaven who gave His only begotten Son in order that we might be able to do so. I remember a story in a Sunday school class and this wasn't a Sunday school class when I was eight years old or anything this was a Sunday school class that I was teaching when I was about 32 years old and I don't know why I was teaching it because I wasn't even a Christian I was a a nominal Christian I suppose with this pastor was trying to encourage me but he gave me this book to help me to lead the Sunday School class young adults like myself but I remember an example an illustration that was given and maybe this is the primary reason that god in his providence put me in that place it is an interesting illustration he told about a desert situation in a pump out in the middle of the desert obviously you see that it's a manufactured story but he said an individual coming up to that pump almost dying of thirst crawling up to that pump and there's a cup of water hanging on that pump you see on the handle. And there's a note on there written on that cup. And it tells the reader that you can go ahead and, and you can drink this water and satisfy your extreme thirst. Or if you have faith, you can pour this water on the packing of the pump and you can operate the handle and bring all the water you need. And then please be sure and fill the cup before you go on your way. Well, that story was to illustrate faith and so on. I understand that, but I think that David here is priming the pump by calling to remembrance, calling himself not to forget these things. He wants to prime the pump with the forgiveness he's received, with the healing, with the redemption he's received, with the crowning he's received and all the satisfactions through the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ he wants the pump to be primed and he's calling upon God I believe to do that for him to excite him to the work to stir up his dull spirit that he might praise God and not be forgetting that he might be remembering all those benefits that he's received all those wonderful benefits one has said In less poetic language, a veritable catalog of such particular mercies, temporal and spiritual, as each individual hath experienced through life, might be of service to refresh the memory. And while it's not so poetic, it's true. Remind yourself of all that God has done for you. Remind yourself of all that Christ has done for you. Priming the pump of memory with who forgiveth, who healeth, who redeemeth, who crowneth, and so on. Prime that pump that we might not forget all those benefits and forget, not forget the one who has provided them for us through giving his only begotten Son, and the Son who has provided them through his own blood and body. It seems that more, or even most, are apt to forget blessings, particularly those conferred by God. And sadly, unbelievers all around us forget. They don't even recognize in most cases. The blessings of being in a land where they have these freedoms, the freedom to come in to through those doors if they wish, to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. They not only forget them, but they don't even recognize them. But many who recognize them do forget them. Many professing Christians, many real Christians forget all the blessings. And I want to insert right here that. It may sound like that I'm exhorting you and preaching to you, but I'm preaching to me too. And I'm exhorting me too, even as I believe David was in this psalm, exhorting himself and calling himself to bless God and not to forget these things. Most are apt to forget blessings, and particularly those conferred to them by God. How can this be? Why would this be so? It struck me that possibly it's because mankind foolishly don't value something that's free. Does that make any sense to you? That we are less inclined to value something when it's free. We want to work for it. We want to earn it. And we value it less when it's free. I remember somebody telling about a yard sale and how that they had these items that they just wanted to get rid of. They were nice little trinkets or something. I don't remember what they were, but they just put on a box of them, free. And nobody would even take them for free. It's not that they were dirty or broken. They were free and nobody wanted them. And a neighbor came by and the the person conducting the sale told her about it. And she said, well, that's the problem. They're free. They don't think they're worth anything. They don't place any value on it because it's free. So she made it, took another sign, she put $1.59 on it and they were gone in an hour. I don't have to defend that story, I read it somewhere. I don't know if it's true or not, but it makes the point, doesn't it? We wanna pay for something, otherwise it's of no value. David's fear, Thomas Scott said, uh, of losing the sense and remembrance of the benefits that God had bestowed on him shows both what the fallen nature of man is prone to and what divine grace most teaches the regenerate to watch and pray against, namely, ingratitude to God. Ingratitude to God. Not, not let it be so. But it is so, sadly. Terrible forgetfulness. And perhaps it's something of a reference. Of course it's a reference to God's people in David's time, Israel. But perhaps it's even a reference to Isaiah 1. Listen to the complaint of God in Isaiah 1. I know you're familiar with it. But just a few verses from 2 to 4 of the first chapter. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth. For Jehovah has spoken, I have nourished, and I'm going to insert forgotten in a few places here. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have forgotten me. The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib. But Israel doth not remember, my people doth not remember. Ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that deal with corruptly. They have forgotten Jehovah. They have forgotten the Holy One of Israel and are estranged and gone backward. It seems to be a propensity for mankind. It seems to be a propensity in each of our hearts. We're so busy, aren't we? Delich or Delich, I don't know if it's Freitag or Freitag, But Delitz agrees when he says there is nothing the soul of man is so prone to forget as to render thanks that are due and more especially thanks that are due to God. We just have a propensity to take things for granted, even salvation, even justification, even forgiveness. Boy, it's really nice. Oh, I think I'm going to watch that baseball game. Calvin would add, how is it that we are so listless and drowsy in the performance of this chief exercise of true religion if it is not because our shameful and wicked forgetfulness buries in our hearts the innumerable Benefits of God, which are openly manifest to heaven and earth. Did we only retain the remembrance of them? The prophet, that is David, in this psalm, assures us that we would be sufficiently inclined to perform our duty, since the sole prohibition which he lays upon us is not to forget them. Forget not all his benefits. That's all he's asking is what John Calvin has said. The prophet is David, of whom he speaks. Bless and forget not. Bless Jehovah. Bless God and forget not. All his benefits. There is here, as we've suggested, a litany of infinite blessings. And Jehovah exhorts, first of all, that we do not forget any. Forget not all his benefits means don't forget one don't forget any are we too ready to become busy with the things of the world we can be interrupted rather easily can't we disrupted entangled We just celebrated last week the Lord's table and we are famously exhorted in the context of Paul's letter to the Corinthians in that 11th chapter. Do this in remembrance of me, Christ said. Do it in remembrance of me. Has not God given us this ordinance? Has not Christ given us this ordinance to keep our memories focused on him, to keep our minds, to keep our hearts focused On him through Jesus Christ and what he has accomplished for us because of his love. Wherefore, in chapter 10, Paul says, Let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. David's not alone in this. We're not alone in this. There's a whole church full of professing Christians, there's a whole country full of churches. There's a whole lot of people that need this exhortation, including ourselves. Forget not all his benefits. Isaiah 43, 25, God tells us, he reminds us, he reminds Israel through Isaiah. I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions. I blotted out thy transgressions. Remember the mercies that we have received from Jehovah. Remember. Is that too much to ask? It seems that often it is. And sadly, forgetfulness is so common among us. And I believe that, and I didn't weigh this heavily or take any account, but I believe that it's fair to say that it's among the major complaints that God has leveled against his Old Testament people, Israel. Their forgetfulness. How often they forget. And we don't stand any higher than they do in this. In Deuteronomy, Moses, God speaking through Moses, again, of the rock that begat thee, thou art unmindful unmindful, forgetful, and has forgotten God that gave thee birth. Gave that nation birth, but we relate, of course, to the new birth. Through the mercy of God, God the Holy Spirit has arrested us, convict us, convinced us of sin, righteousness, judgment to come, and has given us new hearts according to the new covenant promise, making us willing to come to him through faith in Jesus Christ. Is that it? Is that the end? Is that all there is? Now we can just go about our business here until the till the end of our life, till that till the Lord comes, we we can just forget about everything else? All his benefits, we can forget about? I don't think so. He says again, we already read this once in Isaiah chapter 1, but the ox knoweth his owner, and he ass his master's crib, but Israel doth not know. My people doth not consider. My people forget. My people do not consider. They don't remember. My people have forgotten. Thou hast forgotten the God of thy salvation and hast not been mindful of the rock of thy strength. It's not your strength. You didn't do anything to merit this salvation. It's all of God, all the benefits that he has showered upon you because of a love, inexplicable love for his people from before the foundation of the world that brought him to place you in Christ. And Christ loves you so much that he came to earth to lay down his life for you and to take it up again even while we were sinners he died for us can we forget that I'm afraid so we forget it in practice we forget it in action we forget it even the little children's song count your blessings count your blessings name them one by one count your many blessings see what God has done perhaps we were better at it when we were nine or ten years old than we are now God asked can a virgin forget her ornaments can a bride forget her attire go to a wedding <laughs> see how that works see if see if a bride forgets her ornaments and her flowers and her ribbons and her gown and, See if she forgets her attire, but my people have forgotten me. God complains days without number. The command in Deuteronomy 6. Thou shalt love Jehovah thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. The warning in the 8th chapter is beware, lest thou forget Jehovah who brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt. Out of the house of bondage? Did he not bring each of us that are in Christ? Did he not bring each of us out of that land, out of that bondage, through the blood of the Lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world? Even of the chief burdens brought out by David in the 119th Psalm. In his determination perhaps to not forget. Time and again we read, I will not forget thy word. I will not forget thy statutes. I will not forget thy precepts. I will not forget thy law. I will not forget thy commandments. I will not forget thee, Jehovah my God. He again argues with himself. You remember the story, the sad story about Aaron and the golden calf how quickly the people forgot after they had been brought out of the land of Egypt out of that bondage how quickly they forgot and they made themselves an idol oh well we just threw the gold in Aaron and said and out came this calf it seems really lame but it's probably better than a lot of the excuses that many of us may have offered over the years The essence of idolatry is the entertainment of thoughts about God that are unworthy of him. A.W. Tozer has said. And the psalmist says in 44, crying if we have forgotten the name of our God or spread forth our hands to a strange God. They're crying out for help not to do so. If we have forgotten, straighten us out, Lord. They're crying. But is there not a necessary connection between forgetfulness and sin? Without going to the place of saying forgetfulness in itself is a sin, which I believe it is, but isn't there a necessary connection between forgetfulness and other sins? Did not David necessarily put God out of his mind? Remove him from his thoughts? Forget him as he ascended the stairs to the rooftop of his house? It led to his terrible adultery and murder. Matthew Henry, speaking on Isaiah. Well, writing, I didn't hear him. Isaiah 1710. Writing, For thou hast forgotten the God of thy salvation and hast not been mindful of the rock of thy strength. Henry says, The God of our salvation is the rock of our strength, and our forgetfulness and unmindfulness of him are at the bottom of all sin. And thinking of David and thinking of Matthew Henry's comments, David Farmer says, Can we sin? While looking at God really I don't think so we've been reconstituted to put it in those words we've been reborn Now I don't believe a child of God even as we couldn't do something wrong with our parents watching us so we can't be looking at God and sin Forgetfulness is necessarily related. We must forget God in order to commit sin. Jeremiah, we read the voices heard upon the bare heights, the weeping and the supplications of the children of Israel because they have perverted their way. They have forgotten Jehovah their God. They are weeping and making supplication because they have forgotten Jehovah, their God. They are covenant breakers, crying like Esau. Crying. But they broke the covenant. Well, they sold it. And now they're crying. If men would remember God, his eye upon them, Matthew Henry also said, And their obligation to him, they would not transgress so easily as they do. Are we not not grateful? Are we not grateful that God did not put us out of his mind? Are we not grateful that he didn't forget us? Are we not grateful that Christ remembered us? That God had put us in him? From before the foundation of the world. Are we not grateful that Christ remembered us. Even when he said. Lo I am come in the roll of the book. It is written of me to do thy will. Oh my God. I delight to do thy will. Thy law is within my heart. Never did he forget. That the father had placed us in him. And we were placed in him. That he might redeem us unto himself. Eternally. And indeed, did he not set his face steadfastly, we read in Luke, toward Jerusalem, knowing what awaited him? But he wouldn't forget us. We should set our faces steadfastly to remembering our God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we know that to them that love God, all things work together for good. We read in Romans 8 famously, even to them that are called according to the purpose. But who called us? And what was the purpose? To forget God? No. For whom he foreknew, he also foreordained to be conformed to the image of his Son. The image of his Son. Did Christ forget the Father? No. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren in whom he foreordained them he also called, and whom he called them, he also justified, and whom he justified them he also glorified. If God is for us," Paul says a little later, who is against us? If we're forgetting God, or when we forget God, we're against ourselves. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not also with him freely give us all things? What then shall we say to these things? Paul actually began the pericope with these words. What shall we then say to these things? But I'm putting it afterwards. If God has ordained us to salvation, if he spared not his own son for us, but delivered him up for us all. And he gives us all things through him. What shall we say to these things? Bless Jehovah, O my soul. And forget not all his benefits. We have not here an abiding city, but we seek after the city which is to come, we read in Hebrews. Through him then let us offer up a sacrifice of praise to God continually, That is the fruit of lips. Which make confession. Namely to remember him. As we confess him. Is that not. Largely to remember him. Confessing him. Making confession. To his name. Remembering his name. Bless him. Bless Jehovah. And all that is within me. Forget him not. Remember that all our praises. And thanksgivings must be offered to God through Jesus Christ he is our great high priest all things are cleansed with blood and apart from shedding of blood there is no remission call these things to mind remember the blood of the Lamb remember Gethsemane remember Christ coming down as we already read, lo I come in the role of the book, it is written of me. Remember him becoming, his, his in becoming Emmanuel, God with us in the incarnation. We can't even comprehend that. But he did it because of the love that he has for us. Remember, O my soul, call to mind the infinite distance between the offerings of Cain and Abel. Infinite distance between those offerings. Do we want to be satisfied with offering things such as Cain offered? And thus forget God and be forgetting God. The vast distinction between the Pharisee and the publican Cain brought no sin offering. The Pharisee imagined that his own works were what made him to differ from the publican. Forget not that it is in Christ Jesus in him alone. Forget not these benefits. It is him alone that has made us and that makes us to differ from those who are lost. Forget not all his benefits. Summon all that is within us to bless his holy name. Give your all. He gave his all. His only begotten son. Forget not. One wrote that this touches the secret spring of so much ingratitude. Namely forgetfulness. Forgetfulness the want of recollection, of recollecting in our minds, or gathering together again, all the varied threads of mercy that we have received. Consider Proverbs eight. And most writers believe that this speaks of the father and the son in Proverbs eight where he's spoken of his wisdom. And he says, Then I was by him as a master workman, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in his habitable earth. The relationship between the Father and the Son, and it was broken in some mysterious way for our sakes. Christ came to redeem his people, in the last part of that 31st verse, and my delight was with the sons of men. He didn't forget us. And how can we forget him? Forget all about being forgetful. Do all in remembrance of him. David has reminded us of the one thing important. I believe when he said, One thing have I asked of Jehovah in Psalm 27, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of Jehovah all the days of my life to behold the beauty of Jehovah and to inquire in his temple. That's his single eye, this one thing that's important. One thing have I asked of Jehovah. Let thine eye be single have that one thing, to be with God, to be with Jehovah through Jesus Christ. Let thine eye be single. I'm no marksman, but it never even occurred to me to, to try to sight down a rifle with only one eye. I mean with two eyes. It never even occurred to me. I don't know if there are people that do it, but we've been exhorted in the scriptures to let thine eye be single. If Peter, walking on the water, had kept his eye on Christ, if his eye had been single, that he hadn't looked away to the winds and the waves, he would have continued perhaps walking on the water. We need to be single-eyed, single-minded, single-hearted. Bless God and forget Not all his benefits, forget not him. We need to keep our single eye, as Paul exhorts in 1 Corinthians, on the prize, on the goal, on the crown. I believe this calls for sincere meditation, a lost art in our age. Meditation. Got so many things to distract, so many things that busy us that don't need to busy us, most of them. We need to call for sincere meditation upon ourselves and bring ourselves to remember, to forget not. All these varied threads of mercy, as that writer said, mercy is everything and anything less than eternity in hell. Forget not, O my soul. With all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind, remember him who loved you and gave his only begotten son for you. And remember Jesus Christ who loved you and gave himself for you, for us, even while we were sinners. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, quicken our hearts more and more day by day. Grant that, God, the Holy Spirit indwelling us will not leave us alone, but will stir us up, that we stir ourselves up. Oh, Lord our God, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, we read. May it be so. May we bless thee with our lives, with our lips. And may we not forget thee, we pray through Jesus Christ. Amen. If you'd stand for the benediction, it's from John 14. These things, Jesus said, <clears throat> have I spoken unto you, while yet abiding with you, but the Comforter, even the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, and bring to your remembrance all that I said unto you.